Hey guys, welcome to the Kingdom Mamas podcast, where we encourage and empower moms just like you to raise those babies in the way they should go. Hi, I'm Trudy Lineski, God girl, wife, mama four, writer, vlogger, and speaker. I'm super passionate about the next generation. Together, we can lead, guide, and direct them to stand confidently in who God has called them to be. Grab your copy, get comfy. Let's get started. Y'all, you are going to love today's guest. Her name is Heather Creekmore. She writes and speaks hope to thousands of women each week, inspiring them to stop comparing and start living. Her first book, Compared to Who, encourages women to uncover the spiritual root of body image issues and find freedom. Her latest release, The Burden of Better, offers women a journey into the depths of God's grace to find a way off the treadmill of constant comparison. Heather has been featured on Fox News, Huffington Post, Morning Dose, Church Leaders, For Every Mom, along with dozens of other shows and podcasts. But she is best recognized for her appearance as a contestant on the Netflix hit show, Nailed It! Heather and her fighter, pilot, turn pastor husband, Eric, have four children and live in Austin, Texas. Take a little listen. Happy Monday, Kingdom Mamas. I am so excited to welcome my girl, Heather Creekmore, to our show. I may have creeped her out a little bit at our podcast (laughs) conference in June. The MC of the show had said that Heather Creekmore was in the audience. And I was like, wait a second, where is she? (laughs) I was so excited because when I began my journey, you were my go-to person and you didn't even know it. But one of my dear friends pointed me in your direction. I love your books. I love your story. I love how relatable, how you bring humor and reality and you know how genuine you are in your books. But thank you. Thank you, Heather, for being here. Thank you for talking with our listeners about this, this, this seed that's been planted in our heart and helping us uproot that. Yeah, it is so my pleasure. I'm so glad to be here. <laughs> Yay. Okay. So in your journey, can you look back and see where maybe there was a trigger or something that happened in your life that caused you to compare or caused Mm. you to idolize your body and what you looked like, the clothes you wore and that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, I really almost can't remember a time when I didn't compare and think that way. But in my book, I tell the story of, of remembering distinctly in third grade, my mom bought me these pink leather pants. I don't know if they use the term pleather anymore, but I think it's called vegan leather now. And so she had bought me these pink, like leather looking pants. And, you know, aside from why would my mother buy me pink leather pants in third grade? Like that's a whole nother issue. But I remember looking at myself in the full length mirror and thinking, huh, pink pants kind of make my legs look bigger. And I remember going to school and starting to compare the size of my legs with the size of the legs of the other little girls around me. And for me, that just kind of trickled into dieting by middle school, by high school, I was trying a, and I'm going to use the word diet in quotations, but a diet where I would see how long I go without eating. And then by college, I was full-blown eating disorder, but couldn't 
couldn't have named that for you. Couldn't have told you that because I didn't have anorexia. I had some weight to lose because I had gone to college and really enjoyed the freedom to have everything from the buffet in the cafeteria and a bowl of cereal afterwards. Right. Because mm-hmm. my mom never bought fruit loops. Um, and, right. and so so I am an overachiever. So instead of just getting the freshman 15, I went ahead and getting the freshman 25. And what that started for me was the cycle of going to school and eating and going home and not eating. And I lost my period by my sophomore year of college. I tried to be bulimic, but I couldn't make myself throw up. And, and so my eating was really messed up. My relationship with food was messed up and treating more than anything. My relationship with my body was messed up because I saw my body as a constant project that needed improvement. There was something wrong, always had to be, you know, so how, how could I correct all the things was kind of my life mission. Right. Right. I think so many people can relate to that so many. So we know as Christian women that we're not supposed to compare. Why do you think we struggle with that so badly? Because we're not blind, (laughs) right? (laughs) I mean, seriously, like if, if we lived in caves, maybe it'd be different. I don't know, but no, I mean, it, it is really hard to counteract with the truth. Mm -hmm. These messages that are coming at us quite literally thousands of times a day, Mm -hmm. thousands of times a day in split seconds, I am seeing images that are communicating to me a message of look like this and your life will be better or have this kind of home and your life will be better. I mean, and it can be super innocuous, right? It might not be that the person is trying to send me that marketing message, but you post a cute picture of yourself on Instagram And suddenly it's really easy for me to be like, oh, well, maybe I need an outfit like that so I can be cute too. You know, it's, it's just these, these constant messages coming at us from really, you know, from the freedom we have thanks to the technology to see inside everyone's lives. Right. I mean, you know, decades ago. I wouldn't have known what the inside of your home looked like unless you invited me over. Right. I wouldn't know what you had for dinner unless I was there for it or you told me about it. Right. But, but so it's, it's a different world we live in, but, but that's not to say that comparison is a new issue, right? Because I really believe like, as we look back to scripture, Rachel and Leah were very different in their looks and God points it out to us, right? Mm -hmm. Genesis 29, you know, Rachel was beautiful in form and appearance and Leah was not. And so So I don't think comparison is a new issue, but there are many new ways that it manifests itself and tempts us into Mm -hmm. its lair, right? And and we have to be aware of that. Yes, absolutely. Guarding your heart and your mind. So how do we do that in regards to letting that information in? Like how, how do we guard that? What does that look like for you? Yeah. Well, so I, I think the key, the key for all of this, for me, body image and comparison has really just been to recognize that I struggle with idolatry. Mm-hmm. Now that might sound like a really weird answer, right? Like the, the oh. answer that your listeners are probably expecting is something like, don't be on social media so much, you know, right. and to follow people. And those are all really healthy, practical strategies, right? right? But at the end of the day, it's a heart problem. It's, mm-hmm. it's not a media problem. It's a heart problem. And so for me, just even when it comes to my body image, like I shared, I, you know, I really thought 
deep down <laughs> that I needed to look better in order to get everything I wanted out of life. I thought uh, that there was some sort of quid pro quo where mm -hmm. if I could reach a certain weight and get my hair to look a certain way and my skin to look a certain way, then right. all of a sudden angels were going to start singing and my <laughs> life was going to be perfect. Right. Like, but, but really like truly what that was was me like expecting my body to save me, me expecting a certain number on the scale, a certain look in the mirror to save me. And I'm not talking about a heaven and hell salvation, although I kind of am, right? Yeah. Because we yeah. feel like we are in hell when we are dealing with these issues and all we long for is heaven. And I think that that's a desire that got put within us, but to resolve it with another diet or, you know, another fitness program, like yeah. it doesn't really fix our hearts. And as I go around the country speaking to women, as I've published the books and had people give me feedback, it is crazy to me how many women will say, you know, Hey, I get it because I lost the weight. I got mm -hmm. the look, you mm -hmm. know, I became a model. I became a fitness instructor, all these things. Right. And guess what? I was at the most miserable point of my life ever. Amen. So I get it. And so it's been encouraging and affirming to hear other women say, yes, yes, that, that it doesn't work. It doesn't save us like we think it would. And so when it comes back, looping back to your question about comparison, you know, I think really what we have to stop and do is we have to kind of weed out what is going on in my heart mm -hmm. when I compare, right. And there are other sin issues involved, right? Like because really, you know, the Bible tells us not to envy mm -hmm. and not to covet. And we don't talk about that a whole lot because it sure is a whole lot nicer and safer to say, oh, I struggle with comparison versus <laughs> I struggle with envy, right. <laughs> you know, like right. that sounds, I mean, that sounds evil, right? Oh, right. Ha, ha, ha. I'm not, I'm not that person. <laughs> like I just kind of want to look like her. Right. But, yes. but no, like God addresses those issues in Galatians five envy is right there in the list of sins that hurt the church right beside sorcery and sexual orgies. I mean, yikes. Yes. Envy. How did envy make that list? Right. Like <laughs> surely, surely that. God. That was in the wrong place, right? Exactly. But it was like, whoa, wait a second here. This is something God takes seriously. And mm -hmm. so there, there's that challenge, but then there's also the challenge of what my heart believes. Mm -hmm. And too often what happens is my heart believes that if I could just get a kitchen like hers, oh, then my life would be better. Right. Or if I could just get a size four like hers, oh, then my life would be, you know, and just go on and on and on the whole list of all the things we think. I mean, the single woman wants to be married. The married woman wants a better husband. You know, the mom, <laughs> the mom wants her kids to act differently. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just, it, there's a never ending list of if then, <laughs> you know, my life would be better. And, and so much of it, the heart of it is just these, idols that lie to us and say they have everything we could ever want or need. And the truth is they don't have anything. We, we, they have things we want, but they're not what we really need. And what we need to miss, we have misplaced longings when, when these are the desires of our heart. Amen. And it keeps us from being in a position of gratitude because right. enough is never enough. You know, size right. four will never be enough. Then it will be a size two and then it'll be a zero, right. which is insane. Right. So I, I love that. And I love that in your book, you go through those heart exercises and you, you just prompt us to go through, okay, what is it you're feeling and how can yeah. I process that in a biblical way? Right. 
right? Because two, well, so I was raised in the church. Okay. Good church girl. I started going to Christian school in the seventh grade. I went to a Christian college. I went to Christian graduate school. Okay. So I knew the Bible and where my frustration always was, was I would read Christian books that would remind me that I was fearfully, wonderfully made. And I would really walk away being like, yeah, that's great. And so not fair because the way God fearfully and wonderfully made her is a whole lot better than the way God fearfully and wonderfully made me. Right. And I was stuck there. You know, I knew that God looked on the heart and not on the outsides, but Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I really kind of, you know, that didn't matter right? because I felt like I I had the God and Jesus thing checked. Mm -hmm. So my heart's fine. God, what I really need is to be hotter. And then Mm -hmm. I'll do whatever, you know, I surrender all I'll do whatever you want me to do. If you just help me be hotter, (laughs) then I'm I'm all yours. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. Because, you know, if you don't have six pack abs, it's really hard to serve God. Right. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's, it's silly and we can joke about it, but like, honestly, Trudy, I talk to people every day that are just stuck there. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll lead the Bible study when I can lose 20 more pounds. I mean, Mm -hmm. I've talked to pastor's wives who had women that didn't feel like they could come to church because they were too fat. And I'm telling you, these are women wearing a size eight. Okay. Like this is, this is a legitimate problem for Christian women. We are stuck. And I feel like so often the church is just slapping the Psalm 139, 14. Just remember you're fearfully and wonderfully with me. We're slapping a Bible verse on it and expecting that to change. Mm -hmm. And no, we're not getting into the heart of the issue, the heart of where women are stuck. Yes. Yes. Okay. So what is the cure? This is the problem. We have these idols. How do we surrender? Like, what is that? Yeah. So I think it now, this might sound crazy to anyone listening. Just bear with me here. Mm -hmm. I think it is the best news I could ever give you that there might be a root of sin somewhere stuck in your body image issues. Because here's the thing. If there's not a root of sin, then it's just a, and I'm um, just quote unquote, normal girl issue, right? Like all women struggle. This is just my thing I'm going to have with me. And I like to, when I speak, I carry a bag with me and I like to like, just lug this big old bag around. I mean, some of you still have diaper bags or maybe you've moved on, moved on to like carrying kids backpacks, or maybe you just have a really big purse, right? Because you are always prepared, but like picture your biggest bag <laughs> and, and, you know, it's just like, just this bag over your shoulder. You got bad posture because your shoulders are so slumped. Oh, this is my thing. I'm just going to have body image issues because I'm just a girl. I was born female. It's just got to be this way. Right. Right. But the good news is if there's a sin issue, there's a cure for sin. There's no cure for normal girl issues, right? But there's a cure for sin, right? For someone nine tells us if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So guess what? All I have to do is say, Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. God, I am so sorry. I have been like following this vain idol, like looking for glory for myself or thinking that salvation comes through wearing a size four and having clear skin. Like, God, forgive me for Mm -hmm. that. Forgive me for worshiping an image on a magazine instead of worshiping you and remembering that I'm made in your image. God, forgive me for the ways my heart has been led astray. Lead me back to you. I confess this as sin. I repent, lead me back to you and set me free. Right. And that's, 
that's really step one, right? Is just confessing it and naming it, seeing it. Now, I am not going to say that in, in an instant, everything changes and you no longer care what size you wear and what your skin looks like. No, I'm not going to, that's not true. No. Okay. No. <laughs> like, uh-uh. I, I wish it was okay. I do yes. believe like God can do miracles like that. And so if he's done that for someone listening, like I am so excited for you and please share your story with me. For most of us, that's just the first step. Mm-hmm. Right. And then after that, it's kind of this, for me, it's almost a daily laying down a surrendering like that. I, I surrender this body image idol to you and I don't weigh myself anymore. Really. I mean, occasionally, but not, not, I mean, we're talking like three times a year, mm-hmm. but you know, you can tell, right. You wake up in the morning, you're like, mm, the holidays happened. Right. <laughs> or, or vacation happened or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and you, you feel it. Right. And, and so when I feel it, I have a choice. I have the choice yes. of being like, oh, uh-oh, my worth and identity are threatened. I better go find another diet. I better like spend <laughs> all of my time and energy trying to figure out how I can lose whatever weight I, you know, this is my life. I must, you know, must get better body <laughs> to survive. Right? I can go into that mode and I know that mode. I lived that right. mode for decades. Or I can say, okay, deep breath. God, I'm going to surrender this body image idol to you. It's okay. If I want to be healthier, maybe I do need to lay off the cookies a little bit, but I'm surrendering this to you today, God. And I know that you, I can trust you as my divine dietitian to lead, lead me on a path that is healthy for me. Mm -hmm. Right. And I can trust you that you, my identity is secure in you. Mm -hmm. I don't have to lose five pounds to be accepted and approved of and loved by you. You love me no matter what size I am and no matter what's going on with my skin or my hair or all the things. Right. And, and I can just rest in that. And it takes the pressure off in so many ways. Right. Because really truly like our goal as believers like our, our main mission should not be to see how hot we can be to bring glory to God. Right. <laughs> like, like I, I do this little mirror thing where it's like, you know, we're told by culture that we should just look in the mirror until we love what we see. And, you know, if you don't love your nose, then you should focus on what you like. Oh, I have good eyebrows. I'll focus on my eyebrows. Like it's just kind of, it's ridiculous. Like when you think about it, but that's what culture teaches, right? Just like look in the mirror until you love what you see. And if there's a part you don't love, just ignore it and think about the other parts, but that falls <laughs> apart. As soon as you walk out the door and someone else has a better part than the part you thought was good on you. Right. Right. Like then you're just like, Oh, well, apparently that's not good either. Right. You're stuck. Right. But our main purpose as believers and followers of Jesus Christ, right. Is not to make the mirror happy. Right. But to kind of er, tilt the mirror up. Right. And reflect him. Right. Ooh. And then the pressure's off. Right. My, my job is to reflect him, Mm -hmm. not to please the mirror, but to please my savior. And that means that even if I have that zit, right. Smack dab in between, I don't know. I used to get that one right in between my eyebrows and it would always be like as big as my nose. It felt like, right. You know, Mm -hmm. but even if that is there, I can be free because my job is just to reflect his glory. Right. And he can shine through me, even if I don't weigh what I want to weigh or don't look like I want to look. Oh my goodness. That is, that is so, so good. So, so good. And I think for those of us who do struggle, there's that line, that thin line that 
we might just tow for the rest of our lives. Like, mm. oh no, my jeans are tight. And then mm. there's this thought of, I need to go. Nope. Mm-mm. I'm going to take that thought captive. Right. And I'm going to choose to live in the glory right. of God and who he's created me to be. Right. Because in that we have an opportunity to shine, you know? And I think when you truly believe that you can't help but shine. You know, it's effortless, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, you know, there's a line, right? Like idols are not good things, but things we idolize are often good things, right? Mm -hmm. Like I idolize marriage. Marriage Mm -hmm. is a good thing, but oh my goodness, the pressure it put on my new husband when we first got married, because I had made such an idol out of marriage and having a husband, all those things like, oh, it almost destroyed us because he could not (laughs) withstand the pressure of being that idol, right? Like he wasn't my savior. He couldn't save, right? And we can idolize having children. And then we have them and we're like, oh, this is not what I expected. (laughs) This is, this is hard. (laughs) This is, you know, this is not like it is on television, Mm -hmm. right? Like, like there's all these, but so there, so health is a good thing right? There's like, we should take care of ourselves or we only got one body, right? Like I can just hear all the arguments. Yes. But making our bodies an idol, making health an idol takes a good thing and tries to make it an ultimate thing that replaces our savior's position in our life. Mm -hmm. And that's when it becomes bad. And so I encourage people to use the treasure principle, right? It's like where your time and your money are, that's where your treasure is. So if you're not sure, like, I'm just trying to be healthy or, Oh, I seriously have an idol problem. Mm -hmm. Then I just encourage you to think about, okay, where do you spend your time? Like is all your time spent on thinking about your diet or, you know, exercising or, even mentally thinking about your size and and where do you spend your money? And that's kind of a good way to tell the difference between an idol and something good in your life. Yes. Oh, I love that. I I, I love that. Yeah. I mean, we, we do have these good things. These good things are gifts. Marriage is a gift. Children are a gift, but are we putting them above God? Checking your heart again, that heart issue. So sneaky, right? (laughs) Right. Okay. So, so some of these women, they might not compare themselves to others, but maybe you, you touch, you touch upon this in the burden of better. Maybe the problem exists in ideals. Mm-hmm. Does the ideal woman yeah. look like the Pinterest woman, the, the filtered perfection of Instagram? Like what, where's that problem? Yeah. So it might not even be perfection. Mm-hmm. Right. It might just be these expectations I have for myself. Right. And, and so a lot of women have told me over the years, like, I don't compare myself to other women. I just compare myself to the me I want to be. Like, I have these standards for myself. Mm-hmm. This, you know, I, I use the illustration in the book of what kind of mom I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember judging moms who fed their children processed food. And I was like, <laughs> ugh. I am never going to be that kind of mom. And let me tell you, my children eat something from the freezer that goes into the air fryer every single day for lunch. And I'm just hoping that someday they'll eat more vegetables and it'll all balance out. Um, Trying to live our lives here. (laughs) But, but so we have these expectations for ourselves, these ideals. And what's interesting is a lot of times these ideals come from different life experiences, right? Like they don't, you know, that's not all from our parents. We Mm -hmm. pick things up along the way. 
And so we have these expectations and ideals for how we should look Mm -hmm. and how we should behave and what kind of home we should keep and what kind of job success we should have. But the problem is our ideals very quickly become our idols, Mm -hmm. right? Because, and let me, this is kind of a uh, put your seatbelt on kind of moment here, but here's, here's what happens. This is all, this is illustration for my life. Okay. So I have this list of things that I expect of myself, you know, Mm -hmm. Heather is never late. (laughs) Heather always looks put together, you know, Heather weighs between, you know, this amount and this amount, you know, Mm -hmm. Heather's family eats this kind of nutritious dinner every night. And there's all these, these rules, right. And what happens Trudy is too often. I have like the book of Heather, right? The book of rules that Heather has to live by, right? To make who happy to make Heather happy, right? I know it's weird (laughs) to talk about yourself in third person, but forgive me, but it's like, but it's this, it's, it's, this list of standards and expectations I have for myself. And who am I really serving in that? Mm -hmm. I'm serving myself, right? I've made myself an idol with its own Bible, right? (laughs) Right? Like my idol has its own Bible, this list of expectations. And I just have to picture Jesus standing there, staring at me saying, oh, Heather, I have not made it this difficult. You have added so much to what I expect from you. Mm-hmm. Like, I am not asking any of these things from you. You know, will you lay down your Bible and just trust that my approval is enough? I mean, sometimes Trudy, like we care more about our own approval of us than we care about Jesus's approval of us, mm-hmm. right? Like, I'm not trying to make anyone happy, but me is what culture tells us. But friends, like that's just straight up idol of self, right? The only, we're not supposed to be making ourselves happy. We're not supposed to be living to to please our own ideals and standards. Yeah. We're supposed to be living to please God. He's already set up standards. I don't need to add any, right? <laughs> right? Like, and who am I to adjust his standards? Like God says all these things and he requires every mother to make homemade chicken nuggets, <laughs> not the kind that are shaped like dinosaurs and come from Costco, right? Like, no, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Right. But that's what we do. And yeah. it's, it's uncomfortable, but I think when we can really stop and see it, it's like, oh, wow, I'm making, I'm making this Christian life so much harder. There's so much rest I'm missing out on that Jesus invites me into. And instead I'm stressing over trying to get down a gene size (laughs) and and what my kids are going to eat for breakfast tomorrow. Right. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I think in that Bible of ourselves, we're glorifying ourselves and we don't right. have the opportunity to glorify God. Right. Ooh. Right. Because who do we do it for? Right. Right. Like, yeah. like, yeah. I, okay. I want to make myself happy. I want to follow these rules. So I'm happy, but then kind of, sort of, I kind of want you to be impressed by me. Right. Like I kind of <laughs> want you to think I'm pretty awesome because yes. I do this and that and this, you know, and I mean, we'd never say that out loud. Right. Like, I mean, that's well, you know, no, not me, but no. if we're honest, <laughs> yes. right? Yes. And I feel like culture kind of feeds into that. Like when people validate your, your striving, that just causes you to try more and strive right. for more. Right. Right. I think that's how a lot of eating disorders get started. Yes. Right. Girl, I, I, I hear about girls that accidentally start losing weight as they start thinning out and mm-hmm. they start getting compliments. 
right? And then as the compliments come, it's like, ooh, well, maybe the key to more love and approval and affection is eating less. And that's that's where it begins. It does. Yeah. It does. And then you're like your story, carrying it all throughout your life. Right. Okay. So we have this sin in our heart, this idolatry that somehow found its way within. Is there freedom? Is there freedom in this? What is that? Yeah, absolutely. That looks like, I think, yeah. Laying down those idols. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, I feel sometimes like I'm the idol police, <laughs> right? Like not, not for other people, but for myself. Right. And because I don't feel like I hear a lot of people talking idolatry that much. Mm-mm. Like no. it, it's been more over the last several years, I think, thanks to Tim Keller. And he's really whom I have to credit in my life. He has a great book called this freedom of self-forgetfulness and then counterfeit gods are both great books on these topics. If this we whole concept of yeah. I mean, this whole concept of modern day idolatry, this is brand new to you. Like those, those books will, will tell you everything you need to know <laughs> about this. But, but yeah, I think, I think just every time, you know, like, I like to say, like, you know, like our bodies kind of tell us when we're uncomfortable. Right. So uh-huh. you're scrolling Instagram and it's like, all of a sudden you have a stomach ache, right? Yes. Like, huh. I wonder why my stomach feels funny. And you start to like blame dinner. But then you're like, no, I've eaten that dinner a thousand times. That's not it. And it's like, huh? Oh, I think my stomach feels funny because I just saw like 18 images and felt inadequate compared to those 18 images I just scrolled by. Mm -hmm. And so when that happens, I've started to be like, okay, what, what is it I'm trying to worship here? Like, where is what idol is trying to get me sound so conspiratorial? And I don't really mean that, but, but like what, (laughs) what idol is calling to me now? Right. Right. And it's like, okay, boy, all 18 of those women were thinner than I am. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this goes back to my idol of body image. Like God, I just, I laid it down or maybe Mm -hmm. all 18 of those women, you know, have more followers than I do. Right. right? And so that goes to my like idol of success. Right. And, you know, so, I mean, it can go any direction, but kind of just trying to pay attention Mm -hmm. when I feel my peace evaporate, right? Like all of a sudden I'm not at peace anymore. All of a sudden I'm kind of, why? Oh, oh, it's because I'm not worshiping God. I am trying to figure out like, you know, how to make this idol happy or this idol happy. And and that's distracting me and, and stealing, stealing my peace and my joy. Yes. Yeah. This, this peace and joy killer and stealer. I think I equate it to being hit by a Mack truck. Like I could be scrolling through Instagram and I'm having a wonderful day. And then all of a sudden, bam, right. Being super mindful of like, okay, what just caused that? And taking a step back and guarding that heart and the mind. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I think what there's a verse in Psalms that says, turn my eyes from worthless things and Mm. give me life in your ways. And I always, I think, God, you know what? I just spent 30 minutes looking at worthless things, right? Like 30 minutes on Pinterest, looking at worthless things. And now I feel like I have no life, right? (laughs) Like, well, oh, it's because life comes from you, not from all the ways I could improve my home or right. my body or mm. my wardrobe or <laughs> any of those things. Right. Yes. I think that's constant surrender. And I think you mentioned that a little bit ago It's just, it's, it's daily surrender and it's almost moment to moment surrender. Right. Like, Absolutely. Oh, there's that wandering thought I'm going to catch you and I'm yep. going to 
you train my brain. Dr. Caroline Leaf, she's my, one of my favorites. Just so, so good. All right, girly. I know you're a coach. You coach women. If there's someone listening that would like to contact you, what's the best way to reach out to you? Yeah, you can find me at compared to who dot me dot M E. And I have a coaching page there. I do like free 10 minute consults if you know, anyone wants more information, but I love working with women. It is the most fun thing I do. I like writing books too, but, and I like podcasting too. I don't know. I'm, I'm a, I, I don't know. I like to have fun, but talking to women one-on-one and hearing their stories and walking alongside them and just kind of being an encouragement and finding, I don't know. I kind of like to find out of the box strategies for tackling some of these things. That's, that's a real joy for me to do. So I love working with people. That's awesome. So yes, I love, love the coaching aspect. I think every woman needs an encourager along their side, especially when they're dealing with all of this and trying to help, help women just stay focused, keep their eyes fixed on Jesus, because that's where we're going to find freedom and all of these comparisons and joy killers and stealers. So, okay, Heather, I have some rapid fire questions for you before we end today's show. What is your favorite book of the Bible? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I know that can change. Oh, daily. Do I have That's to choose me. one? I know. Okay. Before, oh, man. before you answer what Enneagram? Uh, I'm a seven. So me choosing too. one is choosing one is like cruelty to me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like I can't choose one. Okay. In this moment, in this moment, in this moment. Yeah. I'm in Romans right now. So let's say Romans. Yes. (laughs) Yes. God will work all things out for good. Okay. Amen. (laughs) Okay. I know you're a seven. So it's going to be hard. All the things, (laughs) all the things. That's my answer. Every time, all the things. (laughs) I loved you for a reason in this. Okay. So what's your favorite worship song in this moment? Oh, uh, have your way. <laughs> Ooh, have your way. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What's a book that you've read recently that you've enjoyed? Ooh, I read the book Quiet by Susan Kane. Not a Christian book, but it's about introversion and like so interesting about how like the image, the ideal image of our culture has become an extrovert. Anyway, that's longer than a rapid fire answer. Sorry. I'm bad at rapid fire. No, no, no. So that's good. really, really good. Are you an introvert too? I thought I was an extrovert, but I think I made myself become an extrovert because that was like part of my body image stuff. And that's what I'm going to write my next book on. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! I don't want to tell you too much. <laughs> no, tell us too much. Keep us hanging. All right. I am so thankful that you are here today. Thank you for sharing your time, your wisdom, your knowledge, and pointing us to God every, in all of this. Um, I'm so thankful. Oh, my pleasure. It's great to be with you. All right. Take care until next time. Kingdom mamas. Hey mama, before you go, will you do me a favor? If you found this podcast encouraging and valuable, Would you please head over to iTunes, leave a review, and subscribe to the show? Also, I'd love to connect with you. I can be found on social at Trudy underscore Lineski. Until next time, sweet girl, stand confidently in your calling. You are the mom for the job.